Hi, welcome to the Stubborn Tortoise Podcast. I'm Donna Pazdera. Today I want to talk to you guys about people you meet on the trail. This is one of the things that I find uh, most enjoyable about trail running is meeting people and getting to know them, you know, as you both um, overcome obstacles and uh, help each other mentally sometimes. And uh, it, it, it can be a really productive and rewarding experience, but also, there's also times when it's not such a good thing and it can kind of be a mental suck. This episode is going to be in two parts. The first part is about, um, this actually is my very first entry from my blog, which was uh, November of 2012. It was also my first DNF. Some of that had to do with this person I met along the way. The second half is probably my favorite trail running experience, meeting a new person. Probably one of the most delightful stories, and I just love telling it. I think the thing with, with trail running is you do make friends. One of the things that some of my friends have cautioned me about uh, is that you don't want to get too caught up in hanging out with other people if they start to slow you down, because you got to run your own race. For instance, back in October, I uh, <laughs> I did the Cactus Rose 25 miler, and I didn't bring a headlamp because I don't really think much of it. The race started at 9 a.m. and the problem was it was held out at Camp Eagle, which was a different venue from what I was expecting. And that's just another long story. But anyway, along the way, uh, I started to realize that I was probably not going to make it in before dark. And it was starting to freak me out because the, uh, the course was a little wetter and slipperier and rockier than what I was expecting. And so I just was not going fast at all. And then meeting this guy uh, named Marshall, who was a uh, professor of Asian studies, I believe, at uh, University of Houston. And a uh, really funny guy. And uh, we got talking. And turns out he was also doing the 25-miler. But he was even more ill-prepared than I was because the most he'd run in the last two years was five miles. <clears throat> yeah. And here he is tackling a self-supported 25-miler. Yeah. So the interesting thing was I found out that he had a headlamp and a flashlight. And so I made this executive decision to stay with him regardless of how long it took us because I figured if it was going to be dark, I did not want to have to be fumbling around on that course without a light. Plus, it was nice to have a friend, you know, or make a new friend and whatnot. Um... God, it's so embarrassing. It took us about 11 hours to finish. Um, yeah, and truth be told, I probably could have gotten done a lot, well, a, a fair amount sooner. But, um, I, you know, you had the buddy system. So, you know, it was it was kind of like an honor thing. So, and it's fine. I mean, it was just a practice run. And um, so that was that. But, <laughs> but, yeah, always remember your headlamp no matter <laughs> what you do. Uh, so anyway, so let's get into the first part of this episode. Um, again, this one's from November of 2012. I call it Meet Dick, the Trail Gadfly, a.k.a. the Enemy. I had my worst run to date yesterday. Much of it was self-imposed. I'd camped in near freezing conditions the night before and was left in hypothermic condition with blue lips and numb feet by the time the race began. It was like 36 degrees, <laughs> God, and I had a really terrible uh, 
sleeping bag and just was not prepared for it to go down to almost just a little above freezing. So by the time the race began, I was really miserable. As we set out, I fell two or three times in the first couple of miles because I was so numb and brain fogged. And I was also coming to grips with the news of the sudden death of someone I had loved long ago and only recently reconnected with. In short, my head and body were not feeling this race, my first 25K. Compounding this was this guy I'll call Dick. Yeah, I know his real name, but let's just call him for what he was. And after my third spill, he stopped and asked if I was okay, which is common on the trails. And I said, yeah, even though I could feel my IT band aggravating my outer knee already. And it's not uncommon in these races to have a brief, pleasant chat with a fellow runner, and then you're on your way. Well, this guy decided I was an easy mark in my condition, and he set upon asking me the usual questions about where I'm from and what I do for a living. And I must have hit his hot buttons when I mentioned being from Ohio and Florida and that I'm a college professor teaching journalism. Ah, those swing states. And then he went on a tirade about how everyone expects handouts and that the media are biased and that people who are able-bodied should work. And when I told him where I worked, he figured most of the kids there are on some sort of financial aid like they had a defect. I mentioned that, much like my students, I'm the first one in my family to graduate from college, much less with a master's. And that seemed to piss him off even more. He went on about how he went to trade school and seemed envious of my educational level. He talked about his kids and how they're at varying levels of education, higher, and meeting with mixed results. He seemed angry that they couldn't find jobs, like it was somehow my fault. I tried to defend journalism only to have him tell me otherwise. If Rush Limbaugh had a running surrogate, it would be Dick. Making things worse, Dick would slow to a walk, forcing me to slow. And then he'd speed up again, and I would hope to lose him, only to find him waiting for me. I doubt he was deliberately doing this, but between listening to him pontificate and the erratic pacing, I was crumbling. I'll spare you the rest of the details, but I was already having a rough go of it. And encountering this person just made everything worse. He could have been talking about home remodeling, and I would have found it annoying. That he felt entitled to go on a political soapbox on the trail infuriated me. Had I been in a better state of mind, I would have figured out a way to politely ditch this creep, and instead I let myself become his victim, and ultimately I caved. My normally strong and stubborn mindset vanished, my knee was becoming stiffer and more painful with every step, and I called it a day at mile 7.8. I was sad, but I was relieved to be done with Dick. I wonder if you found someone else on a second loop. Part two is going to be slightly longer, and this one is called My Best Summer Camp Friend. This one uh, happened during Bandera of January 2016. Last year, a half mile into the 50K at Bandera, a guy told me he wanted me as his pacer because he liked my slow speed. We hung together briefly, and then I lost him after I had to step off the trail to <coughs> tie my shoe. This year, four miles into the 25K, another guy said he liked my pace and wanted to hang with me. He was blonde, a great conversationalist, and very cute. Oh, and he's 11 years old. His name is Gabriel. I happened upon Gabriel as we were descending one of the climbs on Saturday. And it's not uncommon to run across kids at these trail races, but most are with a parent. And he seemed to be alone, and I asked him if he had anybody with him. He explained that his mom was doing the 50K, his dad and brother and a friend were doing the 25K, and he pointed ahead on the trail. And then he said with great authority, 
I like your pace. I'm going to stay with you. And just like that, I became his pacer. The last time he ran the 25K, back when he was nine, he finished in five hours and 20 minutes. He wanted to come in at five hours or less. And I explained that when I'd done the 25K the same, that same year, I came in at 4.40 and was shooting to come in this time at 4.30. He was excited at that prospect. I was a little nervous about the responsibility, but figured if one of us needed to go faster, then we would part company, no questions asked. Gabriel, I discovered, is a talker, a storyteller. He reminded me of myself at that age, and I love to read and hang out with the adults and talk. Well, that part hasn't changed. <laughs> I learned that he comes from a family of tough runners. His mom just got a buckle for the Tejas 400, which meant she logged 400 miles at Tejas Trails races last year. That is really impressive. And his dad took on a 100-miler with minimal training, and he runs with a group every Sunday in Austin. I told him that I've been running for about six years, and he brightened at that and said he had two. Soon he was telling me about school where he's in a debate group, and he shared tales of how he strategized his arguments regardless if he truly believed in them. He told me of his travels to his mom's home country of Bulgaria and of a day trip to Istanbul. I was impressed with his eye for detail in storytelling. I told him that I used to be a journalist and that I teach journalism at a university. He got excited about that and told me he was thinking about taking a journalism elective next year at school. I think that he could make a great journalist. He is fortunate to have a dad who has introduced him to the classic films, with Rear Window being his favorite Hitchcock movie. I agreed. He said he'd watch Citizen Kane, but found it boring. Rosebud! He shouted, recalling the film's infamous line. I agreed, and I found Kane boring, too. Well, maybe I should watch it again. I saw it a few years ago, Gabriel said. Nah, I said. It's still pretty boring, and but it's one of those ones that you have to watch. Somewhere along the way, I mentioned to him that we were summer camp friends, people with whom you share a close bond for a short period of time, and then you know you'll see them again the next year. This is a term I coined for friendships I make along the trail. Summer camp friends, he mused. I like that. A little while later, I spotted a tiny figure in a neon jacket, black baklava, and sky-blue Crocs. He was waiting at the trail side. It was Isaac, Gabriel's friend, also 11. I was a little bewildered by someone running the trail at Bandera and Crocs, but Isaac could be a spokeskid for their use on the rocky trails. He was absolutely fearless on the downhills and mad fast on the straightaways. I noticed that Gabriel runs more like me, cautious, but with a lot of endurance. And I mentioned this to Gabriel, and he said that he and Isaac would make one great runner. Sabriel, he said, combining their names. We all got talking about new movies, and I asked if they'd seen the new Star Wars. Well, of course they had. I haven't. But Gabriel explained that there is a lot of rehash, but it's worth seeing. Can we talk about a spoiler, Isaac asked. Sure, I said. So-and-so dies, he said. Oh, yeah, I'd already guessed that from other things I'd read. That's because so-and-so is so old, Gabriel said. <laughs> I wondered what was considered old in the mind of an 11-year-old. Another runner joined us briefly. Have you seen Star Wars, Isaac asked. Can you believe so-and-so died? And the other runner weighed in briefly with her opinion. Later, the two boys talked about video games, something as alien to me as nail polish to them. It was enlightening, to say the least. As we scaled the climb towards Sky Island, Gabriel said he wanted to sit on the bench for a long while. 
And I got a little worried about that. Hey, buddy, if you want to stay with me, you can sit for a couple of minutes, but then I'm going to have to force you back out there. He agreed. And at Sky Island, I took a couple of photos and asked another runner, Melissa, to take one of me and the boys. I also snapped one of them together on the bench. And then we were back at it. Oh, and he later told me I was the best summer camp friend ever. That still warms my heart and makes me smile. Around mile 13, Gabriel began complaining that he hurt. He wanted to walk more. I agreed, but only for a little bit. I knew he had it in him, but he needed the push. I know, because I'm exactly the same way. Lucky Peak, the place where <laughs> I lost a good chunk of my knee at Cactus Rose in October, was approached with a great deal of trepidation on my part. The 25K course hits this crazy ascent and descent twice at Bandera, and as a special parting gift, it's left for us at the end. Isaac and Gabriel zoomed up and down the peak fearlessly. Me, I was a little more careful. And I thought I might have lost Gabriel, and I was okay with that. I wanted him to finish early. And then I saw him waiting for me on the trail side. I smiled. We're almost there, I shouted. I broke into a jog with him dramatically panting behind me. Are you okay or are you being dramatic, I asked. He didn't reply, but he sped up. Uh-huh, the latter. Someone passed us in the other direction and said that we had 1K to go. In my math-challenged mind, I couldn't work out what 1K was. Well, I just figured the end was near. And we passed the last chance aid station. Just a half mile to go. What the heck? Was it a K or a half mile? Gabriel, meanwhile, was running out of gas. Come on, buddy, I promise you, the chute will just be around that bend. And what seemed like an eternity, the flags beckoned. Gabriel zoomed ahead. I did what I could. He finished in 4.42.11. I finished in 4.42.15. Isaac crushed it and came in at 4.38.18. At the finish line, I hugged my summer camp friend. We posed for a picture, and then he was whisked away by someone where he apparently crashed into slumber for a spell. I posted our picture on the Tejas Trails Facebook forum, and his mom and dad had stories to share with me. Hi, Donna. Gabriel's mom here. Thank you for running with him today. It really made his day. He really wanted to do this without our help today. And it was an empowering experience to make his very own trail friend and enjoy a pretty grueling experience. And then from his dad. Thanks, Donna. Gabriel had many nice things to say about his race, but you were the highlight of his many, many stories. You have no idea how happy that all made me. I may not have hit my goal finishing time, but I, was, but I felt like it was more than worthwhile to make a new friend and know that we'd made a lasting impression on each other. Gabriel and Isaac are youngsters to watch in the future, and I'm so happy I got to share this experience with them. This is what trail racing is for me. Well, that pretty much sums up this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And I'm trying to get this distributed to Apple Podcasts and Google um, I think it's going to take a few more audience members to listen to it. So get your friends to listen to it. And feel free to leave me comments on the page. Um, if you have any suggestions or, you know, just feedback in general, that would be awesome. And um, again, keep listening. I've got more in store where that came from. See you next time.